Welcome back to another episode of Your Best Year Starts Here with me, Neil Martin, and my good friend, Nigel Risner. And um, okay, the, the cat's out of the bag. Really, I've finished writing my book, and I know we've talked, know we've talked about it quite some time, right? You know, how, I don't know how many episodes it's been mentioned in. One hundred thirty-two. I say It's been a lot. It's been a lot. Um, but it is actually done. You know, I actually have the manuscript. You know, sitting here. Um, weirdly, having printed it out to review it, I had to bind it in two separate things. It's but it's not going to be like a super thick book. It's just the, yeah. Anyway, that's a different conversation, but I wanted to talk about one of the things that's in the book. Um, yeah, we were talking on the last episode about acronyms and all this kind of stuff. And as you can probably guess, if you followed my work for any amount of time, there are a bunch of acronyms in this book. And one area of the book is basically about how to operate as if you are the person you want to become. Now, notice I say operate as if, not fake it to make it, because to me, there's a big difference between the two, and that's explored in the book. But when you adopt a new personality or a new identity, it's about how do you make that identity come alive? And so I wanted to give you the ALIVE acronym on this episode, obviously not in the same detail as it is in the book, but, you know, because we only got 10 minutes or whatever, but I wanted to kind of talk through that. And it overlaps with some... Before you do, Neil, I just wanted one to, to, to know that acting as if or thinking where you'll be and acting as if is really important. You know I worked with Jack Canfield, who was the creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Yeah. So he did an exercise where come as you would be in five years' time and be that person. Yep. Now, so it was a week training, and then the last part of his exercise was come as you would be in five years' time. It was amazing to see how people stood taller, yep. how they dressed, how they shared, and they weren't boasting. They just were talking as if. Yep. And, so, you know, the, the, the conference was in Santa Barbara, and I was in London, you know, and I'd flown over there, and it was the last day, and I said, you know, I've got to go soon because my, my uh, private plane is waiting to take me to New York while I'm speaking later this afternoon because obviously they're ahead or behind. But I genuinely believed it. And I, what was ironic, the following year, I was in Santa Monica, and I had a gig in New York. And I literally was doing that, not quite in the same way with a private jet, but I literally lived that life that I was in Santa Monica with the family. And then I had this gig in New York, and I had to leave the family and say, I'm flying to New York. And there was a tiny bit of me that as I was going through the airport, thought, I visualised this. Yep, yep. I've, I've been there. I've done the same thing. I mean, I, um, I've done this several times in my life, but one of the times where I really invested a lot of time and effort into kind of visualising my future, you know, I'd written down stuff that within three years, within five years, whatever, and a lot of it was done within 12 months because I, I think you know, there's a lot of um, talk about things about you know, like our reticular activating system, you know, the, the RAS, which for anyone that doesn't know what it is, it basically means that when you tune your brain and look for something, you're more likely to spot it. And I think very often part of operating as if you are something already is you start to, you start to recognize the opportunities that relate to that person, right? But anyway, back to the acronym. 
first of all, the A. So the A of being alive is all about what do you think? Actualization. No, acceptance. Okay, cool. Accept where you are. You know, accept where you are, accept who you are, accept what your circumstances are, but also be open to continually accepting things. You know, when, when things are going wrong or they feel like they're going wrong and we get stressed, that stress is not about the situations. That stress is about what we were expecting versus what our reality is, right? And so the quicker we can be accepting of our reality as it is today, the easier it is to kind of move forward from where we are today. You know, so that's that's point number one. Point number two is about love. I'm a big believer that every single thing we do comes from one of two places, either fear or love. And I think that almost anything in my life I've ever regretted, I was acting from a place of fear. Yeah, if we're afraid of something, if we're afraid of a potential outcome, if we're scared, if we're making rash decisions, you know, a bit like we were talking about with the water skiing in the last episode or the episode before, you know, if you're desperately trying to cling on to something, are you going to make your best decisions in that moment? Or if you go, hang on a minute, I accept what my situation is, what would love do next? Are you much more likely to make a better decision at that point in time and show up in a better way? You know, if I'm acting from a place of love, how do I act? Who do I be? How do I? Now I talk about if you had a sign on everyone's head that said "Please love me," how would you connect with them? So I teach people around the workplace. Imagine a yellow post-it note on people's heads that said "Please love me." Maybe your communication will be different. Yep. Next bit's about integrity. We like that word. We've talked about it a lot, but, you know, and and if I'm honest, there's some overlap on all of these points as well. You know, acceptance and integrity, there's some definite overlap between those two things, because accepting your reality and being honest with yourself is the first step to being, you know, to having true integrity, in my opinion. Right. You know, integrity is is basically about rigorous self-honesty. And to some extent, I don't even really care if you're lying to other people, if you're being true to yourself. Now, I'm not saying go out and deliberately lie to other people. I'm not saying deliberately go out and be untrue. I'm not saying deliberately go out and you know just say anything for the sake of trying to get your own ends. But what I am saying is until you're true with yourself, you can't be true with anybody else anyway. But if you've got good integrity and you share something, the other person knows you're in integrity, you will do whatever it takes to do it. Exactly. And yeah, I think the other thing, actually, Nigel, I'll, I'll ask you a question on this, you know. As a speaker, have you ever been on stage where you felt out of integrity with yourself in some area of your life, not necessarily the one you're on stage for, and then that's affected you at a subconscious level in terms of how you're showing up? The audience is probably completely unaware of it, but you are. Have you ever felt like that? Uh, Not have I ever. There have been many times where I'm on stage and I don't feel that the look that I've got today, I mean... I now wear suits and it, and I now dress up to so I'm the best I can be. But there are times I've turned up and I thought, I'm not taking this seriously in how I feel. And although I deliver great content, I'm out of integrity in, in myself. You yeah. know, I'm not showing up as the best version of myself yeah. because I think my material is good enough anyway. Yeah. So, I've, yeah, I've come out of integrity. And, and I've suffered by leaving the venue thinking, I probably operated at 210 to 11, and it was definitely not at 212. And we've yeah. spoken about that, and I will speak about that again at another stage. But 
if you're not in integrity with yourself, hard to be in integrity with others. But if people know you have integrity, there's much more chance they will do business with you. Because if you say you're going to do something, you will. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason I ask the question is I know I've had the same experience, right? You know, having gone through divorce, for example, you know, dealing with a divorce and walking out on stage, you know, when your head is rattling around with the fact that you've got a relationship breakup going on, it's not the most comfortable place to walk out on stage. And like you say, content's good. Audience is never really going to know what's going on, but I know, you know, and I'm doubting myself because of other things that are happening in my life. And it's... It's having, it's having that honesty, it's having that awareness, you know. My original coach, and people will know of this, was Jack Canfield. And there was a year, and it was either 1998 or 1999, where one of the exercises is where you put a wooden hunting arrow in people's necks. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very big process. And there were 200 people. And Jack was going through a lot of personal stuff and said, Nigel, would you run this exercise for me? because I don't feel an integrity to be putting an arrow in someone's neck. And a similar story to what you've just shared was going on with Jack. Yep. And he had the um, courage to say, I can't be doing an exercise that is potentially massive. I mean, literally, it's a wooden hunting arrow in the softest part of your neck. I need to be in integrity with where I am as I push an arrow into someone's neck. And forget safety... He didn't feel integrity to run that type of process. And for the first time in 20 years, he's running, he got me to run it. Well, of course, my self-esteem went up, but my self-esteem for him went up even more because he could have run it. No one would have known any difference. And so if you're not in integrity with yourself and you're asking an audience to do something, you need to be really aware it will show up somehow. Yep. Whether it's body language, your eyes, how you feel, how you share. And so... I agree 100%. You've got to be in integrity with yourself first. Yep. So you need acceptance, love, integrity, and then what? Me. You need a vision. You need a vision. You need need to have an idea of where you are trying to get to, who you are going to become to get to that place. Yeah. And, yeah, ultimately, and I'm going to jump to the E, actually, ultimately what you also then need is energy. So, you know, you need to accept things. You need to come from a place of love. You need integrity. You need to have that vision, but you also need to put energy behind it. Because it's one thing to have a vision that says, this is what I'm trying to create. This is who I'm trying to be. This is the kind of life I want to lead. This is the kind of human being I want to be remembered as. That's all great. But if you don't get excited about it, if you don't get passionate about it, if you don't put energy behind it, guess what? None of it is ever going to happen. Well, you know that when I had my brain aneurysm, I didn't have the energy for obvious reasons. And then I was struggling to deliver this core message and I didn't understand what was going on, but literally I had no energy. My iron levels were down. And so I knew the message I wanted to share. I had an audience willing to listen and I didn't have energy. And if you don't have energy and you don't have passion, it's a bit like fuel. You can have the best Ferrari in the world, and if there's not the right fuel in it, you might as well have a Robin Reliant. And there's nothing wrong with Robin Reliant, but a Robin Reliant with fuel and with oil, and as my father would say, antifreeze, because my father has a thing, an antifreeze, he'll be listening to this, um, the car goes better than a Ferrari. Yep. yep. We are a machine that needs to be serviced. We're a machine that needs the right fuel. And interestingly, you know, 
I don't I don't know how old some of your cars are, but it's it's interesting when you have an MOT. You know, the cars are like in the UK three years before it needs an MOT. But after you've just had that MOT, it's like having a brand new car because yeah. every part of the car has been serviced. The oil has been changed. The antifreeze is checked out. The, the engine's been looked at. The tyres are pumped up. It is amazing, just going back to energy, how many people are driving a car with the tyre pressure one or two degrees less than it should be and they think their energy and they think the performance is great. Then they get it serviced and they go, it's like driving a new car. Yeah. Well, it's because yeah, you pump the tires up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but well, it's just one degree shift makes an enormous difference. Yeah. One degree temperature for your body makes an enormous difference. Yeah. We have to have our own energy. So I agree with that. I love that alive. Yeah, well, I, I think the other thing I'll say is it's, you know, for me, and I, some of what we're saying here, I'm not sure the actual words represent what's written in the book, right? Because I'm not, you know, I'm not reading you the book right now. We're just talking around the same acronym. But, you know, for me, energy is fundamental. And if you look at the word fundamental and you break it down, it's either fun or it's mental. You know, as in it, you're either going to enjoy it or it's going to drive you nuts, is my view, right? It's, you know, you've got to find the things that excite you and make you actually want to show up. Because if you're trying to change, change slash adopt a new identity, you know, if you're trying to go, who do I really want to be rather than who have I been in the past? You know, you've got to be excited about that. Because otherwise, why are you trying to be it? You know, why are you trying to be something that you don't even like yourself? It makes no damn sense. You know, it's almost like um, we talked a little bit about divorce in this episode. It's almost like you got divorced who, who you used to be. You know, I used to be this person. I had all these habits and, you know, maybe I've got all these stories and things from when I was a childhood that, you know, from my childhood that say, you know, having been born here, this is what this means. Or I've got beliefs and values that actually aren't mine, but they belong to my parents or whatever, right? Accept all of that. You know, thank your parents for the fact that you're alive. Thank you. For, thank them for the fact that they gave you those things and it got you to the point you're at. But if they're not what's going to serve you moving forward, figure out what is and be excited about it. And if you're not excited about it, you haven't found the right thing yet. You know, and well, I think for me, that's the, the key point. We have to work for many, you know, your daughter's young and she's probably got another six years of education, possibly a bit more with university. And then she's going to be working for 40, 50 years. Yep. If you're not excited with where you're going, and it doesn't bring you joy, it's a long 40 years. Amen to that. Amen to that. Do you know what? I think that's a good place to wrap this, this episode up, actually. Um, by the time you're listening to this, if you go to Amazon, the book might be on there. I'm not guaranteeing it will be, but my goal is to have the book out by the end of March. I think this episode should drop somewhere towards the end of March. Um, and so hopefully, if you go to Amazon right now and you search for my name and the words done beats perfect, you should find this book. Um, and if you don't, then it's coming very, 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 very soon. Um, and yeah, obviously, obviously, that, obviously gone. Revenue, hope is not a strategy. So let's not use the word hopefully, okay? <laughs> True. But let me rephrase it then. If everything's gone to plan by the time you're listening to this podcast, that book is available. Um, obviously, your support with the book is greatly appreciated. Uh, Nigel wrote the foreword. So, you know, even if you don't like me and you like him, there's a couple of pages that he wrote. So you can go check that bit out. And um, yeah, that's it from me. Anything you want to add before we wrap this episode? I can't wait to read the book. You're very excited. Your best year, it starts right here. Awesome. We'll see you soon. <laughs>